What is up, everyone? We are here. Scorch the fears. Sorry, my camera's off. I don't know why it moved or maybe I moved. Um, we have Allison Lozano on. Allison is really cool on social media. She seemed like an awesome person and I wanted to have her on the podcast, uh, get her story, get how she, her her life. I always love mom that, moms that flip. I always think that's a cool branding. So Allison, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. So hold on. Now I think my phone connected. Allison, start talking. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, sorry. My internet was there. So guys, if you're on Instagram, come on to my YouTube, Jonah Corchin. Just come into my YouTube if you want to hear Allison. It's going to be amazing. Um, yes. So I had to, my headphones accidentally connected to my phone while that was happening. So <laughs> I had to, I was like, and I can't hear her. So mm -hmm. we had to make sure that happened. So Allison, real quick, just introduce yourself to the, to the fans, what you do, um, or what you've done in real estate, just like a quick resume. Okay. So my name's Allison Lozano. I have been in real estate for about 10 years. Um, prior to that, I was a full-time high school teacher for 24 years. And so new relatively, I guess, in, in real estate, I became a realtor in 2014 and uh, started flipping in 2015. So I've been doing that for a while um, and I'm recently converting to uh, purchasing rentals and just really building that passive income portfolio. So that's my focus now, but I'm also still flipping at the same time. So that's what I'm doing right now. Awesome. So tell me real quick, um... Allison, I mean, that's a long time doing it. You started as a realtor. Um, so just curious. I know I said I'd ask a different first question, but I'm also kind of curious about this. Now what um, did you did you think you had to be a realtor to become an investor? No. Okay. So you just were a realtor. Well, I was a high school teacher. So mm -hmm. I started teaching for many years and um, I had my last child in 2013, I was a uh, 40, almost 41, pregnant with my last kid. And um, a lot of things had happened up to that point. But the basic fact was I was about $600,000 in debt and didn't know, wow. saw no way out of it uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but I saw no way out of it. And so I, it was just a life reevaluation time. So what I thought was, what can I do like before or after school? What can I do that I could possibly take the kids with me if I really needed to? Or because I had at that point, I had two babies and four teenagers. So mm -hmm. a lot going on. Um, wow. And so I thought, and when I actually decided to become a realtor, when I was having that thought process, I was on bed rest with my, you know, because I was pregnant and sick with my last one. So it was just really a reevaluation time. And I thought, what can I do right now sitting in this bed? And so I thought, oh, I'll Google it. Oh, look, I can get my realtor license. But the bigger question for me, because I, I find that like whenever things start to pivot or change, I start asking myself questions. And I think for me, it's important, like what questions am, am I asking myself if things are going well or if things are going not well? What questions am I asking myself? So uh, the question I was asking myself at that time, because honestly, never wanted to be a teacher ever. And I love the kids, love the kids, but hated. I'm an entrepreneur. So bureaucracy yeah. and 20 some years of it was literally painful for me right. a lot of days. And I, but it just it worked. You know, my backstory is that I was a teenage mother. 
Um, my parents didn't want me to keep the baby. So they kicked me out. I lived on the streets for about 18 months and mm -hmm. I finally secured some housing for us. I was about 19 at this point and um, school seemed the safest route. My question at that point was, what can I do that's best for my family? What can I do that's going to take care of my kids? And that's how I kind of just fell into the teaching because it felt like it worked with um, their life. And so that was just what I had to do. And, um, but then that turned into 20 some years. And so when I was on bed rest and just kind of life reevaluating and thinking, holy cow, you're 41, what happened to your life? Um, I didn't even know the number of debt to be real at that point. I just knew it was a whole lot. And, um, cause I was avoiding it because there was just no way I could pay it. I was a teacher. My husband's in the military. Those are fixed incomes. And so I just, um, you know, said, what can I do right now? That became my question. But my question before that was, what did you ever want to be? <laughs> How did this become your life? And what I always wanted to be was in business. I always wanted to do real right. estate. I'm going to date myself. You probably don't know who this is, but I used to watch this infomercial when I was like 10 or 11 from this guy named Carlton Sheets. And Carlton Sheets, um, he would talk about real estate investing and flipping. So when I was like 11 years old, I saved up babysitting money. Mm -hmm. And I ordered a system and I was like, I think I can do this. I didn't understand 90% of what I was reading, but I was like, this makes sense. Get something old or ugly or whatever, fix it and resell it to someone for a higher price. And that thought always stuck with me, but then life took over. And so then I just kind of went back to that question of like, what did I ever want to be? And then when I said I wanted to do business. I wanted to do real estate. I wanted to flip houses. I wanted to do all these things. But then I said, there's literally no way. You're negative 500 bucks in your checking account every single month. And it's only that amount because that's the lowest you can go without them kicking you out of the bank. All right. And so I said, what can I do right now? What I can do right now is I can get my real estate license from this bed. And so I can start, you know, selling houses, nights, weekends in between the kids, you know, sports, practices, whatever. I can do that. I can do it from home. I can do it on my lunch break at work. I can do it. And so I got my realtor license. I love it. Uh, thank you. So there is so much there, right? Already, just like on the first question of just like having to deal with so many different things. I want you to know that there are, there's already people, Colleen's a good friend of mine, and she also same thing, right? Like, or very, very similar in the sense that she was also a teacher, right? Yeah. Um, how do you, there are so many fears to get into. I mean, this part, this is called Scorch the Fears. It's all about delving into the fears of dealing with entrepreneurship and how to keep pushing forward, right? Yeah. Um, and so for you, I want to talk, I'm going to just start with the debt, right? Because that's an insane amount of debt, $600,000, right? Um, how did you deal Very with cool. like, <laughs> what, sorry? How did I get into all that debt or how did I? We can, we can talk about that if you want. I'm more interested though, about how you were like able to deal with starting a business that costs money. Well, I guess you started with the real estate license, so it didn't cost money. Right. And then did you, and then did you just work yourself out of the debt? You're like, I'm just going to go crazy and make as much money as possible as a realtor. So I, um, I, I would say that my first step was actually counting the debt and going through all that. And um, I had, I mean, it was a combination of a, a divorce, uh, student loans, 
And then both my parents got very ill and they both ended up dying, but I had to be the caretaker for them before they died. I had to take care of my younger siblings and, and do all that as well. So all these life events kind of culminated in this. And so my first step was to count it. My second step was like, I don't know why, to be honest, but now I'm grateful, but I didn't even think like just file for bankruptcy or just, you know, I, right. I don't know. Wasn't like, honestly, wasn't like a noble thing. Like, I'm just gonna, you know, not do that because that's not the right thing to do. It really wasn't. It just, it was just like, I got to start digging out of this hole. And um, I honestly didn't even have a written plan other than that. I really just wanted to go to the grocery store and not like be terrified. My card wasn't going to go through. And I wanted to like, it was crazy to me that my husband's in the military, he's working all the time. I'm a high school teacher and like, we can't get food. And we were, um, I had lost my house in 2008 it, uh, when the market crashed and uh, it took me till 2016 to buy another one. And uh, in that whole meantime, I was like, you know, struggling for groceries and uh, you know, all my kids had stuff. They were all active. They were all in sports. Like I said, I had four teenagers and, two babies and the teenagers were obviously significantly more expensive. And um, so I was just trying to like keep up. And so I got into this cycle of like payday loans. <laughs> you know what that is? It's the underworld. Yeah, of not good. And I had probably 20 going at any given time and I could never pay them off. And it just kept going. And it just basically payday loaned me out of being able to buy food um, so I just thought I'm going to dig out of this. I don't know how, and I honestly didn't think it was possible that I would ever get out of that number. And so that's why I was a realtor that first year and I worked my tail off. Um, but you know, I'm getting these like $8,000 commissions, $10,000, whatever it was. That's fantastic. But like, that's not even going to touch the surface of trying to pay all that stuff off. So uh, I said, I got to flip. I, I mean, that makes sense to me. Wouldn't I make more money if I flipped a house? So within about a year, year and a half of me starting um, the being a realtor, I just decided that was going to be so slow going. Like what was even the point of that? Other than it would give me little infusions of cash and I could, you know, hopefully pay off some of the the bill, the immediate stuff that would get in the way of me being able to buy groceries or whatever. And I just knew I was going to hustle, but I really didn't have a, let me sit down and calculate, you know, the exact amount of time. I was just trying to keep my head above the water to be real, raise a bunch of kids. I was a special ed teacher. That's pretty draining. And um, so, yeah, I was just trying to keep my head above the water and try to figure so I want to get into that, uh, that idea of keeping your head above the water, right? Um, because I've noticed this with people who've had their back against the wall, that it was actually in some ways, weirdly, a blessing versus a curse. That's what people have told me, right? Um, my my story wasn't exactly, not even close to the same as yours, to be honest. I was broke, but I wasn't in debt when I was getting into real estate investing, right? Um, so... Can you talk, because I think a lot of people listening to this who are dealing with similar situations, right? Who are dealing with being in debt or thinking they don't have enough money or thinking it's impossible, right? Or thinking it's too competitive or thinking like, how could they do it? Can you talk about the benefits of being underwater or almost underwater? Because I think there are people right now watching who are feeling that, 
where like I'm gonna get screwed or like I am screwed already. How am I supposed to do anything? And I want you to give some advice to them or like tell them how it's in some ways a blessing. I would say that my probably my biggest superpower is that I'm very resourceful. And I didn't, I learned that when I was homeless. Like I used to go, um, it was me and my daughter. Uh, she's old, she's 32 now. But we, you know, lived in my car and we were finally able to get a place when she, the month of her first birthday. And I wasn't knocking a shot, I had no money. And I, and you know, this is the early nineties and there's no social media and there's no cell phones. There's no way to connect with people. Like I'm alone in the world. And I thought there's still no way that I'm not going to take a shower or I'm not going to feed her or whatever. And I think I really developed my resourcefulness in that period. Like I would get those seven day passes and go to the gym and take her. And I would go to the 24 hour fitnesses cause they were open when a lot of people aren't going to be there, I take the baby in the gym bag and that's how we showered. Or, you know, I would go and there was all kinds of things that I learned how to do uh, through that period. But I'd say that really developed resourcefulness and that same resourcefulness, I would say, translated um, into the real estate investing and really just accepting what my situation was. And I'm not going to say this has been an easy last 10 years because it has not. But I would I look back now and I can see that the the biggest, probably one of the biggest blessings I had was having to be a caretaker for my parents and realize that this time is short, no matter how you cut it. So you need to do uh, anything that you feel you want to do. Life is far too short to uh, get up and do a job every day that you hate. Life is far too short to be struggling. Life is way too short. And I did not, I, I, I've always heard these things, but I didn't understand it. And it took me a long time to realize that my biggest challenge I'd say over the last 10 years was shifting my mindset, because I'll tell you how I got my first flip. If you want to hear that. And the results. Okay. So, uh, 2014, I start, uh, being a realtor 2015. It's probably the middle of 2015. And I hear that Tony Robbins is coming to LA for the first time. And I'm like, I'm going to go see Tony Robbins. I don't know why I felt so compelled because I could watch his videos. I'd read his books, whatever. But at that time, I just felt very um, compelled to go see him. And I did not have the money for a Tony Robbins ticket. And I just, that was probably my first, other than like being on bed rest and really asking myself the question, like, what did you ever want to do? I would say that uh, going to that Tony Robbins um, and just that was my first early shift where I said, okay, if I just keep putting it out there, I'm going to find a way to go to Tony Robbins. I don't know how, but I'm going to tell everybody that I am freaking talking to that I want to go to Tony Robbins. I'm sitting in a random uh, real estate office meeting at that time for the broker I was with at that time was some new realtor and I'm just chit chatting with people. And I'm like, Hey, do you, do you like Tony Robbins? I'm going to go to Tony Robbins. He's going to be in LA and blah, blah, blah. Oh man, I got to figure out how to get the money. I hope I sell a house, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just talking. So I'm, I'm saying that to a few different people in the, in the break on this staff meeting, this one lady says to me, Oh my gosh, I have extra Tony Robbins tickets divorcing my, my, uh, um, 
husband and they were his, but I got them and I've mm -hmm. already seen them. So I could give them to you. And I was, that was my first like crazy. Holy crap. It's this woman I didn't even know, like just the randomness of that. And then realizing later, maybe it wasn't random. And I just, I made that decision to put it out there. And then I found the tickets. And then of course I, I, I got to go and I dragged my husband <laughs> with me, but in that Tony Robbins um, thing, I don't even know what he said. Like I couldn't point to one single thing because he said a lot of great things, but the thing that he finally verbalized for me, it's not about resources. It's about resourcefulness. And I thought I've been resourceful my whole life. It's how I feed these kids, let them do everything that they want to do. It's how I was, you know, a single mom before, uh, how I got through living in my car. I've always been resourceful. So if I can be resourceful for that, then why can't I be resourceful getting into real estate? Nothing changed. My circumstance didn't change. Money didn't change. Nothing changed. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have someone leading me. In fact, my first broker told me that nobody makes money flipping and it would be incredibly selfish of me to try because I had Whoa. kids and I had problems. And, you know, come to find out later, she just wanted me to keep holding her houses open and <laughs> doing all her work. So, but mm. she told me that and I thought, well, she's my friend. She wouldn't tell me something that wasn't true. Maybe nobody makes money flipping. Maybe that's what it is. Sorry, my hair is bugging me. Um, maybe nobody makes money. Maybe, maybe that's true. And this, this person's my mentor. She's my friend. She must be telling me the truth. And that set me back for a little bit, but then I decided to go to Tony Robbins and I went, Nope, I'm resourceful enough. Nothing has changed. I still don't have any money, anybody in this world to borrow a dollar from how am I going to get how am I going to get a house? How am I going to do this? Could not get a loan. My credit at that time, when I lost my house in 2008, my credit was around 400 and it really hovered there for a lot of years and uh, took me a long time, like years uh, to, just to get it up to the high fives, low sixes. So I wasn't in a position to, to get a loan and I had nobody to borrow a dollar from. So what was I going to do? So it hit. So one day I just said, what can you do with no money? That's going to get out to an audience that is going to find, uh, find, find your first house. What can you do? Uh, I have a Facebook. I can put it on Facebook. That's free. So I put an ad on Facebook or a post and I just said, Hey, you know, I'm a realtor. Uh, well now I'm going to flip houses. So if you have an ugly house or one you want to get rid of fast, I'll buy it from you. I'll pay cash. I did not have any cash. And I said, I'll pay cash within, I think it was a week or two weeks. A lady I met one time at a um, makeup show. She, a makeup thing that my old broker forced me to go to. I didn't want to go. She said it would be good to network. I went to it with her. I meet this lady. She friended me on Facebook and she saw my list, my post. And about two weeks after I posted it, she said, Hey, I saw your post and um, I'm a single lady. My house needs a lot of repairs. I'm going to be moving out of state. Um, I saw that you're flipping houses now. Do you want to come over and see if uh, you could buy my house? Um, can you come at three o'clock today? And I was like, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> I didn't even know if Love I could it. use my car forms for real estate. I didn't know what the contract would look like. I didn't have the money. I didn't have any of that. 
And it's funny because you probably hear the story now and be like, you told me you had money, but I did not have any, but I knew <laughs> it was going to happen. And so I didn't know what to do. And I thought, well, I don't want to get in trouble with my realtor license. So maybe I'll just find something online. So I just Googled, um, you know, contract to get in purchase, you know, when you're flipping a home. Uh, Google has been my mentor, honestly, or YouTube. That's it. And because uh, I didn't have money to pay for anything else. And so I I saw this contract. It was two pages. I said, OK, that looks good enough, I guess. And so then I go to print it out because I have to be there at three and I only have a little bit of time because I got to get my kids. And so I go to print it out. I got no freaking paper. And I'm like, oh, hell no. And so I went uh, digging through my kids backpacks. I found some white paper and I put it in. I printed it out. I ran over there and I talked to her and I didn't even know to think like, how much is this? How much is a budget? How much will it cost me to actually fix it? What are buying and selling? I didn't know any of that. The only thing I knew was what I thought I could sell it for from my realtor experience. I was like, well, I think when I'm done, I could sell this for 500,000. I think that's it. It was a condo. And, um, and so I said, well, maybe 300 sounds good. I don't know if she'll take that. So I walked in, she showed me around. I didn't even know what to say. I was trying to act like I didn't know what I was like. I, I was trying to act like I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know. I didn't want her to get the vibe that I had no clue what I was doing. And so I was just trying to act normal, chit-chatting, asking her about the house, whatever. She's walking around, taking notes, not even sure. Like, oh, this fireplace looks a little weird. Yeah. I nope. love it. I needed my husband for that, but he wasn't there. And so I was like, yeah, oh, you need some work. Yep. Uh, so we got down to the chit-chat and I just basically said, hey, uh, um, how about 300? Does that work for you? Okay, well, rookie mistake, because I would never offer a number first. Again. But at that time, right. I just said... Ah, 300. And she goes, I don't know. And we talked a little bit and then she goes 305. And I was like, all right. So we signed the paper and signed this contract. And, and uh, I said, great. And I, I'm like on some weird high, not realizing, like not even thinking like, where are you getting that money? How are you going to do this? And I'm walking out the door and she says, uh, this is for real, right? Because I'm literally getting on a plane this weekend. I'm going to go get in contract on my house over where I'm, she was moving to Missouri. I think, uh, I'm, I'm getting in contract. I need this money to buy my next house. So you're good, right? We're going to close this in 30 days. And I said, absolutely. Okay. So hold on. Wait, let's just stop right there. Like, what were you thinking? Like when you said that you're like, absolutely. And now let's go to the races or like, what did you, were you like, all right, now we just got to find money. Like, because at that moment, you're probably thinking, absolutely. And oh, at, like, oh, God dang it. Like, what am I going to do now? Like, we got this part down. But I was literally thinking at that moment, I'm late to get my kids. Holy crap. And I like ran. And then when I, you know, did all the kids stuff. But that day, to be real, I was on a like, wow, I did it. Like, I literally went from Tony Robbins, where I said, in the next three months, I'm going to flip a house at Tony Robbins. Don't know how, but I'm doing it. Like it was some weird internal commitment to change my circumstance, to shift my mindset, to become that person that was an investor, right? And so I, but the next day, whew, because I am huge on my word. My word is everything for me. When I uh, got a divorce and I had my uh, my first kids, um, 
I knew that a way I was going to help them through that time was, you know, keeping my word about everything I said. My word has always been extremely important to me. And so I promised this lady that I was going to close in 30 days. So I proceed to spend the next two days on the phone with what I, you know, now know as hard money people. And they all tell me pretty much the same thing. Sure, we'll fund it. Looks like a decent deal. You just need whatever, 10, 20% down. You need the money to rehab, whatever, fill in the blanks. Basically, you need money. We'll, we'll help you, but you need money. I probably called, no joke, in those two days, I took a day off work and I called probably 200 people. Every hard money person, wow. Google, I kept a list so I didn't call the same people again. Like I'm just sitting there and I'm like, somebody's got to say they'll pay for this. And by the end of the second day, I was like, holy crap. I promise this lady, she's she is in another state right now. And I didn't know about wholesaling. Because if it was today, I would have just wholesale, right? right? Yeah, I, I was I was gonna ask that because that's how what I mainly do. I mainly wholesale. I've done a few flips, but I like wholesaling more. But yeah, like, do you it. feel like you could have just wholesaled it for like ten grand or something like that? I probably could have wholesaled it for fifty grand. Oh wow! Okay, I ended up getting way more than I thought I was gonna get, and right, I, I sold that for like five fifty or five seventy five. I gotta look, but wow. It was more than, you know, my original thought of 500 and I'm in contract for 305. So the people that knew the game in hindsight, they would have been like, oh, it's a good deal. But let's even say I was, you know, but I just didn't know about wholesaling. I, like I said, I had no coach, no mentor. So I'm like, holy cow, what am I going to do? And I didn't know anybody in the business of flipping. I didn't even know, like, who do I ask what I could do? And, you know, back then, you know, that was 2015 and there was social media, but like, I didn't even have the thought, like, look on social media to see. I just Googled it. And so I just knew that I had made a commitment to buy it from her. And by the end of the second day, I was sitting there and I'm not a big crier. I'm, I try to like work through things. And so I'm sitting there, but, but by the end of the second day, I was just, my stomach sank. I was like, wow, there's no way you're not going to honor your word, but I'm pretty much out of options at this point. So my husband's like, oh boy, go, go get some rest. Go lay down. I'll put the kids to bed, you know, and then I'll come in. We'll talk about it. You know, I'll I'll ask real quick. What year was this? 2015. Okay. That's why. Cause I was feeling like, I'm like, I'm curious what year this was because back in the, in the, that, those days in like, not those days, that's not that long ago, but like wholesaling wasn't as known, I feel like as it was now, like today you would have been able to easily find wholesaling with a single YouTube search. Right. But so anyway, so I wanted everyone to know, like, that's like, that this is making sense because it was like around then. Yeah. And so I, you know, came and chatted and he's like, don't worry, you know, the idea will come to you when you go, just go to sleep. And when you wake up tomorrow, the idea is going to come to you. And I'm like, he doesn't even know, you know, and I was all upset, but I went to sleep and no joke. The next day, the, my, I woke up like five in the morning and my very first thought, like not my thought, my very first thought was if you got the deal from YouTube or from Facebook, why can't you get the money from Facebook? And I was like, how the heck am I going to get money from Facebook? And then I went, well, what's in Facebook? Real estate groups. Maybe somebody there will know what to do. And so I just put up this little paragraph and I just said, hey, got this deal, buying it for this much. Um, I think I can sell it for this much. I need 100% of the money to rehab it. And um, and I need I need the money and to buy it. I don't have any money to contribute, but I'll get the project done is basically what I said. And I just started posting it in all these 
every real estate Facebook group I could post it in. And I, within, I don't even think it was two hours. I had some lady message me and say, I think my friend Scott would be interested in this. And I was like, oh, great. Connect me with Scott. I ended up talking to him that night. Scott passed me to, to Josh, who's one of my friends now, a great um, mortgage lender, my broker for a while. Awesome dude. But Josh, I had a conversation with him. He asked me, he's, <laughs> he said, you've done this before, right? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> he's like, and I was like, mm, yes. And he goes, okay. And uh, he funded my deal. We closed in 30 days. He funded it 100%, gave me, I don't know, 25 grand at closing. And um, me and my husband got to work on the flip. So real quick, I want to pause your story because I love how this is going. But uh, because so many people think they need money to flip. So many people. The fact you just posted on Facebook and found a lender is incredible, right? Um, what... Like, I mean, it was more, I want to hear more of that conversation. It's more than just, uh, absolutely, I've done this before, right? What was the full conversation you had with Josh where he was like, yeah, no, this totally makes sense. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fund this motion split. Because I think people want to know how you do that, right? Like how you actually make it where it's like, all right, I'm going to fund your deal. So... I did not know what I was doing, but I think one of the key things that I learned later that Josh taught me was you really have to understand the mindset of investors to get money from investors. And Josh basically looked at it because he knew what he was doing. And he was also a flipper in the past, rental owner, um, you know, mortgage lender. He knew the game and he knew like, he basically said to me, I said, Hey, you know, I have this deal. He goes, okay, well, what do you do? I'm a realtor. Um, you know, I'm also, uh, flipping. I'm just looking for some lenders. Um, I, I don't have any money to put in on this one, but I, I hopefully will in the future, but I know I can get this done. I know this is a good deal. And he goes, okay, well, you know, what's your plan? And I was like, well, and I just started talking about the house and he goes, you know, I, what I think needs to be done in the house. And he asked how long, that I think it would be to get it done. And I was like, I think I could have it done in about two to three months. You know, I'm going to have to do it like after school on the weekends, whatever. But I think I can get it done in that time frame. I think I can, you know, maybe find someone to help me. And he asked me, you know, what type of budget I thought I would need. And I said, I think 25 grand would make sense. I didn't even know how to budget. I didn't even know what I was. And thank goodness it was a condo. I didn't have to do any exterior, any yards, all that right. stuff, you know. Um, but I just said, I think 25 grand. And he goes, okay. He goes, send me your contract. And he looked at my contract and he goes, well, how are you going to, you know, make sure that I get paid at the end. Like he basically kind of quizzed me and I was like, well, you'll put a loan on the house. And I think he was just more quizzing me to see what I knew. Right. And I said, well, you'll put a loan on the house. And he, and he said, okay, well, uh, you, you sure you only need 25 grand to fix it. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it for 25. And he goes, okay, well then how are we gonna, how are you going to pay me? And I said, um, can we split the profits? And he says, okay. He's like, well, what do you think is fair? And on that one, I said, no clue. And I just said, well, what do you think is fair? 
And he says, can we do 70-30? And I said, who's getting 70? He said, you, I'll take 30. And I said, okay, that sounds fair. And That's an incredibly good deal for a lender too, right? Oh, yeah. 30% of a, of a flip for just putting in the money is a pretty solid deal too. He's probably like, he was probably looking at the numbers. You yeah. maybe didn't know you. He's like, this is going to make me a lot of money. Exactly. Like no matter what, because she's got it. You said, what did you think ARV was? 550? I thought, was 300? I thought it was 500. Five, 500 yeah. and you got it for 305. That's a solid deal right well, there. Right. Not, so, I, yeah. I didn't know, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. Numbers wise. I didn't obviously account for buying costs, selling costs that the budget might be a little more, you know, all this kind of stuff. I didn't account for any of that, but I thought that sounded good. And yeah, I think Josh literally just looked at it because he knows the game and he thought I'm going to make some bucks and, you know, I'll encourage her. And it wasn't his own money that he was lending. He was lending for, uh, he loaned me somebody else's money because he had a lot of people that gave him private funds. And so he was loaning their money and secured it, you know, with the deed and, um, and he did what he said and he was a good dude. And I still work with him today. And I mean, he's helped me. He, he really was the first one that raised me and introduced me to other people. It raised me in the business and introduced me to other people because after that I got introduced to other private investors and private did lenders. Did you ever, uh, did you ever tell him that was your first flip? Later, he knew. Yeah, he, 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 he knew. He, so he said, "Like, yeah, I knew it was your first." He's list. like, I figured it was maybe like number one or two, but yeah, no, I didn't know. But you've convinced. That's me. funny. Yeah, and he, um, but he, he really for several years raised me up in the business. I could always trust him to to give me the straight answers to say, "No, this deal sucks," or "You need to be doing this better," or "You need to be doing this faster," or "You need to, you know, have." Um, have your contracts be better. You need to, you know, whatever I needed, he didn't, you know, hold any, well, he didn't hold back on telling me what I needed to be doing the right way. So I think that really helped me a lot. I love it. So wait, keep going with the story though. So you, you finally buy the house and then what? Whew. And then me, my husband had a background. My husband has a background in construction. Um, when he was growing up, his grandfather bought hundreds of homes and he was always part of a construction crew. And so he, he had background. He did not want to do it though. I'll tell you, I had to talk him into it. He's like, I do not want to do construction. That is not what I want to do. I'm, you know, I have a different career. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. You know, I basically had to do it as a kid. I don't want to do it. And I said, well, we're doing it. And he said, okay. And it was not that easy, but I basically said, we, we have all this debt. This is the way that I see that we can start, you know, digging out of this debt. And he said, he just gave me a hard time, but he was going to do it. And so he said, uh, let's go. And so we literally just went and pretty much we were there all as much as we could be there. Just, you know, if we had, if the, if my older kids could watch the babies, great. If not, then, you know, if they were off at their activities or a school or whatever, we would just take the little kids, set them in there and we just got to work, just working. And, um, we learned a lot on that one, just about the details of, you know, I had a horrible fabricator. Um, I didn't know how to get this 1970s wallpaper off the wall, like just all those details. So he really powered through that and he did all that. And that was rough. It was, it was rough because we were both also working, you know, new kid, you know, little kids and big kids and all the things that we were doing. So we just got busy and I spent 
12 hours a day at Home Depot running back and forth. And he'd say, go get this, go get that, you know, and I'd say, okay. But I didn't know what he was asking. You know, he'd send me a picture, he'd send me an aisle, but he was working himself. And so I was like, I got it, I got it, I'll figure it out. And so I just learned real quick to, to ask the nice looking, you know, people or the people that seem really confident or busy or people that, you know, a lot of people were following them around waiting for an answer at Home Depot. And I would, I would spot those people and I would just say, can you please help me? And I got this. And so, I mean, so many people helped me figure out what was what and just ran back and forth, back and forth. And we worked on it for about, it was just under about three months and we got it finished. I love it. What did you never even think of using a contractor? You're like, no, nope, my husband's gonna do this. Like, we just got it. I had a guy right at the beginning, he was a handyman who said okay. he could do it all. Lessons learned about contractors. I could write a book about contractors now, but he basically told me he could do it, do it all. Uh, he could do it all for six grand, another red flag. And uh, so he was gonna get started. So he basically started in the kitchen at first, right? We were doing stuff and he was doing stuff. Turned out he did not know what he was doing and um, ruined a couple of things that I couldn't afford to replace. So I had to get creative, like um, the kitchen countertop, for example. Like I didn't know that at that time that you need someone who specializes in fabricating, <laughs> not right. somebody who thinks they can get a saw and cut a thing and that it's going to come together at the seams. I basically had a valley in between my countertops. And I was like, holy cow, it was pretty quick. I realized he didn't know what he was doing, maybe about two weeks. And that just kind of ruined me from wanting to try to get anybody else because I clearly didn't know anybody and I had already wasted that money on him. And so I said, we're just gonna have to power through this ourselves. And so we did. Oh, gotcha, so then what happened? Like we, what, when you sold it? And so we, um, I was a realtor, so we finished it in about three months. Um, I put it up for sale. We got an escrow. Oh, I want to look up the price I sold it at. I know it was at least five fifty, but bottom line, um, I ended up needing more money, so I put some money on a, a little credit card I had. So it ended. I ended up being a little bit over budget, and then there was also buying costs on the deed, and you know all that good stuff. So. At the end of the day, I ended up walking away with like $95,000, I think. After wow. His split. And I, so I, you know, I'm the realtor and I sold it. And I learned a lot of lessons on that too, because I learned, you know, that was my first time I, I'm the owner of a property that I'm selling. And it was a multiple offer situation. And I turned down a couple of people and they got upset with me for not accepting their offer. And they reported me to the, a bureau, the BRE. And I was like, huh. what did I even do? It turned out nothing. Their claim was that I had put in my listing that it was a turnkey residence. And so I said, it, it is, I think, right? Like you can, and ended up turnkey moves, you can, means you can move right in. So the BRE, of course, said, we understand you didn't do anything wrong. But going through that process as well made me realize, like, I got to protect myself there's liability in this game. I need to make sure I have the right insurance. Right. I need to make sure that I, and I still, I didn't even know what I didn't know about business at that time. I really, I didn't even get an LLC till probably a year and a half later. And I was just buying these things in my name. Like there was nobody to tell me like, Hey, don't real quick though, because you've had such a journey so far, just in life, let alone real estate 
up yeah. to this point, how did it feel seeing that $95,000 enter your bank account? Like what, what was that moment like? Like unreal. Like I, I really, I don't even know how to describe it, but the very first thing <laughs> that we did was we got in the car because every payday, uh, teachers get paid once a month, every payday, we would get in the car. It was like our, we would joke and call it our date. And I would get paid on the first and we would go, we'd pack the kids, little kids in the car and we would go to all of the payday loan places. We'd circle around to all of them, make the payment, pay, you know, it's basically just giving them their money and them handing it back to me, which I wasn't paying it off, but it would take us hours to do. And so the very first thing that we did when we got that money was we went and paid off every payday loan, every title loan, everything that had been plaguing me for years. And it was like this freedom, like, wow. Like, and I didn't even honestly have the thought about chipping away at the debt. I was just like, I'm going to pay off all the credit cards. I'm going to um, like pay off all the payday loans. Like I can go buy food. I could go to Costco and spend like a thousand bucks. Wow. And it was just like, I still am grateful for those things. I still am super grateful every day that I wake up and I have a roof over my head. And I'm grateful every day that I can just go and I don't have to worry about, you know, whether my card is going to work anymore. And so I think for me, that was it. Just the beginnings of freedom. I love it. It's amazing. So then, okay, so we do our first flip, right? How much is left over after you pay off everything. Like oh. how much money do you have left over? I don't even remember. It was all a blur. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I didn't have money to move forward. And like, I just paid a bunch of stuff. So I, I kept like about 10 grand in my bank account. And that was my first, but before that was the other thing that I did that I want to tell people. Cause it was something that helped me. What I did was I started documenting my flips on Facebook. And so I was just starting to post, right? I didn't even know what to post. It wasn't a bragging. It wasn't like, it was just, hopefully more people will see this and they'll, they'll want to sell me their house too, because I didn't, I didn't really have money at that point still to, to advertise. I didn't know how to advertise. I didn't know how to get more flips. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. So I started posting by the time that I closed escrow on the first flip, I already had two more in contract that we were moving. Nice. To. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to pay all these things. I'm going to start to clear a path for us and, you know, money wise. And then I'm going to move on to the next flip. And then Josh funded my next one as well. And so we just moved forward from there with that, but we already had two more deals. And I did that from posting on social media and that's how I got the next ones. I love it. That's such a cool story because like, I feel like that's such a rare way to do it. It's start with flipping and then also um, do it through social media. Most people do it through the cold calling or like one of the other ways of doing it. So how, so what were you thinking? You're like, okay, we're just going to keep doing the flips. Like what was the next step? Did you start finally being like, okay, actually we need a contractor to make this freaking work or like what, like what was like, or did you just say like, sorry, like, sorry, husband, you're doing all of it. Like sucks to suck. It was literally my husband and my brother for the first probably two years. They did a hundred percent of them. And was your husband happier once he saw the 95 page? Like, okay. Oh yeah. That was, that's the story he tells us. He's like, 
I did not want to do it. She kind of dragged me into this, but man, I saw that first payday and we could pay off those payday loans. And I was like, heck yeah, this is what I'm doing, man. If this is what I, I mean, I got it. What I'm doing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So literally just you three doing it, flipping yourselves, yep. buying your own materials. Yep. Right. And did just getting deals from Facebook or did you do anything else? So I got the first, uh, so I had my first three, but it took us a long time because we were doing those. So 2015, it was early 2016 when I started um, the the first one. So that took us, you know, several months and we had the other two. So we were really into mid 2017 and we had done three at that point. So we were, you know, this is an after work thing. I'm still working a full-time job. We still have a bunch of kids. We still have, you know, things that we're committed to. My husband's still in the military. You know, if he had to go away for a month or, you know, whatever he was doing, um, that would delay us, right? Because he's my person that's fixing them. So, and then my brother and, you know, but my brother and him kind of worked together. So there was things that my brother could do, um, but, you know, we, we needed the two of them to move forward. And um, so we, by the end of middle end of 2017, we had done three at that point. And um, then I connected with a private invest, uh, a, a different, because I had worked with a few private investors at that point, because it was kind of like a, a circle of private guys. And then they knew I was making money. They knew I was figuring out what I was doing. And, you know, they were doing the equity splits. And so they were like, it's a good deal. She's, she's working hard. She's hustling. We don't have to do anything. Let's do it. And so my circle of private investors grew at that point. And um, then I decided like by the end of 2017, I ran into a contractor. I had another uh, private investor. And so I said, mm, I think we're going to start doing this. So it was kind of a combination where my husband was doing some stuff, contractor was doing other stuff. And then I would say 2018 was our first big year that we really started. I think we did like 12 or 15 that year in 2018. We just started really taking off. So of course my husband couldn't do all those. I found other people and I really started to build my sub network, I would say at that point. Um, and also probably starting from 2018, I GC'd a lot of the projects and I, okay. I really learned like if I, I started to learn that game. I had learned from working with my husband, uh, what it is that we needed in, in workers and all that stuff. So I really took on the thing of being a GC for, you know, the projects and subs. Cause I, when I would look at money, I'd be like, why am I paying these guys? Like they're literally just subbing out. Why can't I just sub out? Why can't I, I've already got this group of subs that we had to get, you know, when my husband couldn't uh, do something or he was gone or he was busy or we were getting more houses I said, why, why can't I do this? And so that's what I started doing was I would just be owner builder on a lot of my flips. And that's so real quick. I'm curious. Did you ever, did you, was all of it through social media getting them? Like yeah, I've never, I really didn't do, uh, gosh. Yeah. I really, I haven't really advertised anywhere. Um, and then I started building a network. That's what I, uh, real estate agents started bringing me deals from my social media. That was a big one. And I would say that the, the reason I started wholesalers started getting a hold of me from social media. That was another one. Um, I didn't know what a good and a bad wholesaler was at that point, but I just started getting a lot of people reaching out to me from my social media posts. 
um, buying that way. So I would say that was really like the bread and butter in all those years. Was so talk about how you do that real quick. I think a lot of people would like to get more deals from social media. I would also like to get more deals from social media. I get some of my deals from social media. I mainly do it through networking, like realtors and other wholesalers and stuff like that. I think that's a really good way to do it. Talk about like what you would do to like get deals or what you feel like would happen where people would send you deals on social media, how that would work. Um, I would say there's a few things that I do. And one of them is that I honor my word. I do what I say. I answer the phone. I don't waste people's time. Um, I take everyone seriously. Like what, you know, one of the first deals in 2018, when I was starting to get more deals, this like 19 year old kid called me and he's like, Hey, I got a deal. I saw your post, you know, but I was on Instagram at this point. So my, my um, social media thing it, through that process became the mom that flips. And I just started, you know, doing some videos and that, and really not like huge into it, but I started following other people, messaging them, saying hi, you know, realtors, uh, wholesalers, all that stuff. Like, Hey, this is what I do. If you ever have anything, like, let me know. And that's really what I did. I was just consistent with doing that. I'd probably do five or 10 people a day. Like if I was just sitting there, if I'm sitting at cheer practice, swim practice, whatever I'm doing, like, what can I do right now? Right now I can get on my phone and I can message some realtors. I can um, look on MLS. That was another benefit of me being a realtor is I would just start looking on MLS, seeing if there was any good deals I could just buy directly from there and cut out the middleman. Um, so I found some deals from MLS at that time. Um, but I'd say making those relationships with people that they would say, you know, like there was a lot of people, what I decided early on for myself and mind you, I um, really, like I said, honoring my word is really important. So what I would do, because I saw some people that would get in contract at these really high prices as I was trying to figure out the game. And then as soon as they got in contract, they would like just beat people over the head to get, try to get those price reductions and put sellers through, you know, all this distress. And I finally said, I, I said, I will not do that. I will give what I believe to be like a fair price. I know what I'm looking at at this point, like probably early 2018. I really didn't need mid 2018. I really didn't need any contractors to look. I, I knew what I was looking at. I, I could walk into something by myself. I could kind of guesstimate, you know, based on my sub, my network of subs, like what these things were going to cost me. There wasn't really anything that scared me anymore. I had done like drug houses, uh, hoarder houses, real bad hoarder houses, um, you know, slab issues, foundation problem houses. There was really no longer anything that scared me, but I started to really get clear on what, what my criteria was for what I was going to buy. And so then I just put that out to people and I said, Hey, I need at least three bedrooms. I'm not buying on a main street. I'm not, you know, buying anything on a hillside. Like I just kind of got my little list and started putting that list out to the people that I was reaching out to and got a really good core group of realtors, wholesalers, et cetera. But that first kid that called me up and he was like a kid and I looked at his page, I'm like, this kid just got out of high school. How does he have a house? And it turned out he was a, what is that called? A bird dog or whatever. He was like, knew somebody who had a deal, mm -hmm. but I still talked to him and I still took him seriously. He ended up leading me to the guy that was a pretty good wholesaler and then I bought more from him. So I just, I list, I don't underestimate anybody and I don't dismiss anybody. And I never think like, 
uh, I've done all this, or I'm, you know, at this spot now, so I don't deal with these types of people. I talk to everybody and in talking to everybody, you can find like the gold nuggets. And so I just, I really, that's how I did my deal. And I also, I let people, I try to help benefit people from my flips. Like I just sold a, a duplex in LA um, in last month. And um, that was in an area I hadn't really worked in before. It was in the South Bay. I had predominantly been in Orange County uh, in California. And um, I thought, oh, I don't know anybody out here. Wait, but what are your markets? I'm in Orange County. I'm North Orange County. And um, now I'm in LA. Okay, I've never so San Bernardino or Riverside. That just wasn't my direction. But that's where you're doing flips with SoCal? It's SoCal? Yes, Southern California. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was just curious because I'm a I'm a wholesaler in Northern California. We're gonna be going to oh, soon, so okay, nice. we'll be connecting when we open up there. I think we're gonna open up there probably like in six months ish. So absolutely. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was cool too. I was yeah. I was curious because you had mentioned California, so I was curious if you were Southern California or Northern. But yeah. and that's also cool. everybody told me, you know, you can't flip in Southern California. It's too expensive. It's you know, and right. I was. Like, well, this is where I live. Where else am I going to flip? How am I going to go somewhere after work? And like, right. I can't go to Minnesota. You know, I got to I gotta be where I'm at. That's at least what I thought. And now I'm flipping out of state as well. So it's, uh, but you know, that's a learned, I learned how to do that. So, but when I started, I needed to flip where I was at. And so that's what I did. I love it. So just real quick, as we're getting, we're starting to close in at the end of the podcast. I want to know like, where are you at now? Right? Like we got to 2018, but like, it sounds like you're flipping in different states. Where are you flipping? What's your team look like? Is it just more flipping that we want to do? Like what, where are we at now? So now I am actually uh, still flipping in California, but I really, last year was kind of a rough year in that, you know, the market really shifted, the rates went up yeah. and it's been, you know, several years. And luckily, you know, I'm extremely conservative in what I buy and I really try to always make good choices. So in a worst case scenario, you know, I could rent something out if I really had to, but I try to, to buy things that have a good margin. So even if the market shifts, I've got that room. I have knock on wood. I have never lost a dollar. I have come real close, but wow. last year was my first, you know, time of like, cause the market really shifted the buyers for, you know, some specific properties I had really dried up. And so that really shifted my mindset. And that was the mindset of, like, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep flipping and flipping and flipping. What is the purpose of money? What is really my story about money? And it ended up that I decided I really need to build because I stopped teaching about three years ago. And so I do this full time now. And um, I just said, I need to build that stream of passive income. What, what is my first goal with that? And so I made the goal last year when I was going through some, you know, just trying to get in and out of a lot of deals and, you know, wasn't making the money I had made in the years past. And, you know, luckily I had saved up, but it was, it was definitely a mindset shift and deciding I didn't want to use private investors anymore that I really wanted to depend on myself with my track record. I was able to build up a um, credit line that I can use in 48 States and I can get a hundred percent financing through my credit line, hundred percent for the rehab That's and hundred percent for the purchase. And I was able to do that. And so that, you know, gave me the freedom to let go of my private guys and, you know, just go with it myself. But last year really shifted my mindset. And so my goal right now, what I'm working on is I'm in Ohio, I'm in Cleveland, I'm in just 
One area is I really start this. I went out there, I built a team. My team is uh, realtors, contractors, some title people, and a home inspector that kind of goes and spies on all the contractors to make sure that they're doing the things that they're supposed to do that they don't know about. You know, my rule is that they got to have a lockbox on the properties and that, you know, that can be accessed at any point. They don't, they think it's because I make drop in, but it's because I have a home inspector that's going and they tell me that, Hey, I finished a kitchen. Then I can just pay somebody to go over there and he can, um, you know, check that things are done right. So I don't have to be there. I can have somebody check for me. So my current goal is that I um, purchase enough rentals in Cleveland where I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a month, free and clear of passive income uh, from the properties that I own. So I've been purchasing those properties over there. I'm just kind of purchasing fixers so I can quickly, they're vacant. I can rent that. I can rehab them, create a little equity that way. And then I can rent them out at a market rate rent. I'm also looking in the um, wanting to do uh, section eight for some of those rentals and really have that like steady income. I love it. It's awesome. It's a cool, I love your story. You're like definitely top, top 10 and like stories of like people yeah. and where they've come from. So that was really good. I'm also glad that you opened up and shared it with us. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that was great. So I appreciate you coming on. And then I want to, and I, I always end the podcast with this question right here, which is um, if you could go back to you right at that moment when you're about to do your first flip, right. Or about to get into real estate, whichever one you think would be a better answer to this. What would you tell yourself then knowing everything that you know now? You are the prize. You are the one that makes the deals happen. That's where all the value is. You don't need to, you know, share money that you don't need to share. You don't need to kowtow to people that aren't, you know, people that you want to work with. You're the one getting the deals and the deals are where the money is. So believe in yourself and just move forward. Use that resourcefulness because it's going to carry you through. I love it. I love that so much. That's such a great answer. So like, what were you like, explain though, like, were you thinking that someone else was the price or what were you thinking before that? I just couldn't, because I couldn't imagine like, you know, a few years before I went to one of these free, like real estate, you know, uh, things that they send you a postcard for, but they want to sell you their system. And I'm sitting in the audience and this guy says, if you just stick with this, you will literally have people beating down your door. Like if you stick with it and you do it, you will have people beating down your door, begging you to take their money. And I thought there is literally no way I've got negative 500 bucks every month. How would I go from that to people calling me and asking me to borrow their money? Millions of dollars. There's no way. And guess what? There's a way. It, it was right. It was true. There's a way. There is a way. It was true. And it is persistence. It is resourcefulness. It is believing in yourself. It is simply getting up and working every day, doing the things that you don't want to do, working on the days that you don't want to work, not listening to the negative, not comparing your race to anybody else, not looking at social media as some type of gauge of whether you're doing well or not. I run my own race. I pay my own bills. I'm here to provide a great life for my family. The end. I, I, and 
I would say one of my key principles is there's always enough. There's enough for everybody. So you don't have to be a, a hoarder of ideas or um, deals or any of that because there's enough for everybody. And so I go from that principle. I share with anybody who reaches out to me on social media. I'll, I'll answer their questions. I'll, I'll do these types of things. I'll, I'll do you know some talks every now and again. But if you just take the time to, to message me on social media, I'm going to answer your questions. I'll, I'll pick up the phone and chat with you. Like, I'll tell you how to do it. I'm not, it's not about ego. It's literally about digging yourself out of the hole, but most important, shifting your mindset. All you need to do is shift your mindset and everything around you starts to change. I love it. it. Allison, you've been amazing. Where, so is it, how do you, how should people reach out to you? Is it Instagram mainly? Um, um, I'm on and, Instagram, TikTok, the mom that flips is my brand. So if you just Google mm -hmm. the mom that flips, then you can find me and, you know, message me if you have any questions, but. And where are you buying? Where should people send you deals? Ohio, so California? Yeah. So I'm in Cleveland, Ohio right now. I'm looking for flips out there and rentals. I'm, I'm only buying multifamily two to four units. That's my main bread and butter right now. And then in Orange County, I'm just looking for a good solid flip. I do single families, minimum three bedrooms plus. And so North Orange County and LA, South Bay, you know, I'm open to all those areas. So I'm open to anything that makes sense. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Then you've been amazing. I've loved this interview. It's Thank been you. awesome. Nice Do you have any? Up. Yeah, it was really nice meeting you. Do you have any last words before I wrap this up? Time is short. Do not spend Time short. it. Time is short, man. Do not spend it not living the life that you want to live. My parents died at 52 and 56. And I'm going to be 52 this year. And instead of being sick and getting ready to die, I'm thriving and I'm just going to continue to thrive and that I'm going to take advantage of every minute I'm on this planet. And you just got to go for the things that you want to do. I love it. I love it so much. All right, guys, we're going to end it there. It, reach out to her, the mom that flips on Instagram, Facebook, all the social media stuff. I appreciate you so much, Allison. Guys, next week, Scorch the Fears, 5 p.m. as it always is. And let's freaking go.